1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you
0: baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball.
2: Hey, everyone. Another episode of the Baseball America Facebook Live here with J.J. Cooper, John Manuel, and Matt Eddy. And today we are talking Braves. We're going to talk a lot of Braves because the Braves have a farm system. If we can give you 45 minutes on the Marlins system... (laughs) There won't well, be I'm as much not... anger for this right. one. Right. I was going to say, how much could we do on the Braves? Because you,
1: we could go long. We could go. We're not going to go that long. It, uh, I think this you one could be deep, but it right. wouldn't be playable. Exactly. I'm only here for the Facebook Live portion. We'll stretch it out into a fuller, longer podcast after I depart uh, this mortal coil here at Baseball America. Second time I'm using that reference today. He's not dying. Yes, yeah, so I'm not dying. I'm just dying in this office today. Uh, College preview is out. Baseball prospect. Uh, Baseball America prospect handbook is at the printer if you haven't already ordered that store.baseballamerica.com 800-845-2726 to order and you know the Braves farm system Matt is in consideration for the best farm system for our uh, organization talent rankings that we did when the handbook would depress one of their competitors already got weaker for the Dodgers trading, trading Jose De Leon to the Rays
2: significantly weaker
1: I, I guess to me the question really is that when the when John Sherholtz kind of cleaned the house and fired Frank Wren and that scouting department and brought in John Hart and John Capoelela and got the band back together with the Braves, they were going for high-ceiling talent. They said we're going to go high-risk, high-reward. Have they accomplished their goal in your eyes so far?
0: I would say yes. That's a fair estimation. Uh, they spent the most money in franchise history on, on amateur bonuses last year, I believe. They set, I think, four of the top five bonuses. Wow. Uh, they traded, obviously, uh, you know, they owe a lot of their system depth to, to, to trades, including the number one prospect, Ansby Swanson. That's the, mm-hmm. That didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: that there are trades, and then there are heists. <laughs> yeah. That one qualifies as a heist, because Inder Arte for Shelby Miller would have, in hindsight, would have been a very reasonable trade.
1: You know, but that is amazing. Your point about the bonuses. Mm-hmm. Most other clubs in here, like the Yankees bonuses, are all from, like, the 90s. Like Hideki Arabu.
2: Jackson Malian. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. The the Dodgers
2: is not, because they have about 70 Cubans. The Dodgers is
1: all Cubans, but the Braves are international and domestic. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Braves don't draft high, usually. When you win 14 straight division titles, you don't draft high, but Ian Anderson, Kevin Maiton, Abraham Gutierrez, Joey Wentz, Colby Allard, all in the last year-plus, going Mm -hmm. back to the 2015 draft. That's an important aspect. Getting... Matt, Matt Lipka, not on this list. <laughs> not on this list. Uh, Jason Hirsch, not on this list. Mm-hmm. It's just a very different approach. It really does. And it it really shows. But at the same time, so they have this high-risk talent pool. But then at the top, they have these two. I mean, Those are like the safest phylum of players. Accomplished middle infielders. Who can hit infield. Yeah. And who have yeah. done
0: it at double-A or higher. Both, Yeah, both guys are in my top ten, my personal top ten. I think I had Swanson the highest of anybody. Elvis uh, is also excellent, and, and that it's is it's a great foundational element. To it, me, to me, it's almost like where the Phillies were at before their late 2000s dynasty, where you had Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins. Well,
1: uh, you had those like a foundational that, middle infield. That's it. You had that run for the Phillies, like late 90s to 2002 draft under Mike Arbuckle, where they took Rollins in the second round, in 96. I think Brett Myers was 99. They had Pat Burrell in the first overall pick in 98, and this could have been difficult when you draft the number two overall pick, J.D. Drew, and you don't sign him. That could be calamitous. Instead, they got Rollins in 96, they got um, uh, Burrell in 98, Brett Myers in 99, Chase Utley in 2000, and it was co- culminated Hamels. with Cole Hamels in 2002, plus 2001 fifth-round pick Ryan Howard. Yeah. That's a hell of a run that Mike Arbuckle and Marty Wollinfer was his national cross-checker and drafted Hamels in two That's a hell of a run, and that's how you build the best streak uh, of, of winning seasons in franchise history. As the mm-hmm. Phillies did, this does seem similar with Rollins and Utley. Um, so that's so our two comps we've already heard. JJ, we've had we've had people we've seen John Coppolella comp Swanson to Derek Jeter in terms of the makeup, yeah. and now we're comping him to Chase Utley. <laughs> no pressure, Dansby. <laughs> I will say Dansby Swanson has better hair than both those guys. Yeah. But Dansby Swanson will tell you guys, especially everybody has better hair than Chase Utley. <laughs> but JJ, mm-hmm. I mean, like how just how good are those two guys? Because I think that. Those guys kind of belie the way that the Braves are thought of as this all-risk, you know, pitching-centric organization. They are, to an extent, but these two guys really counter that a lot.
2: Right. You you take those two guys out of it, and I don't think this farm system is nearly as good as it is. Those are the two guys who really fuel this. It's a thousand arms. I mean, and it may literally be a thousand arms. It's
1: Manhattan Change Bank. It is. Volume, (laughs)
2: volume, volume, (laughs) volume. But... All those guys, there's a lot of risk. There's not one of those pitchers that you can point to and say, this guy has had significant success at the big league level. It, does, it doesn't, you know. Huh. Let alone the double-A level. Right. Yeah. And so you, you don't have that. But what you do have is you have these two guys who, Dan Swanson was the team's shortstop in the, you know, in the final month and a half of the season. Mm-hmm. That's already his job. Ozzie Albies, they waited, but Ozzie Albies is going to be their second baseman in SunTrust Park, you know, right away. I would expect him, maybe he's not there for the first week, maybe he's not there for the first month, depending on service time, but real soon. And what you're going to end up having with that is that those are the guys, now they need, and they keep acquiring them. I mean, the thing that, if you look at the Braves top 10 that's on the Baseball America site right now, we're going to do the updated top 10s for everyone real soon, Mm -hmm. but Luis Gohara, who they've acquired since then, not on that list, but Luis Gohara, they've just acquired another, the, the top pitching prospect in the Mariners' system. Um, and
1: Kind of a backhanded
2: compliment, but yes. <laughs> but better than Malik Smith.
1: as a, In terms of upside, he's, and, and also fits what the Braves are doing, accent on left-handed pitchers. That was a recent org report by our correspondent, Bill Ballou. Sure. And Malik Smith had kind of become almost superfluous, especially when you heist Ender Inciarte. From the Diamondbacks in that same trade. So, um, the, the spending domestically, the spending internationally, but the trades, and specifically that one trade, <laughs> that, that heist of the Diamondbacks, so was certainly big parts of, of it. Time. It was, it was obvious at the time. um We do have a, already a lot of questions on Facebook. I mean, one of them, we were just talking about Ozzy Albies. I thought I would uh, throw that one out there from a couple of uh, readers. Tony Schneider and Sadiq Rahman were both asking. Tony Schneider was saying, I don't, you know, well, Sadiq asked, will Ozzy Albee start the season in the majors and how good is he? Tony Schneider notes that he's not on the 40 man roster yet, correct, Matt? Correct. You are a 40 man guru. I mean, I, and, and JJ, you're saying you think he'd already be up in the first two weeks. I mean, they do have Jace Peterson as a placeholder, mm-hmm. and Albee's struggled a bit when he got the AAA last year. And it's coming off
0: an injury. He broke
1: his. Tip of his elbow That's right. In the Southern League playoffs. And that's, I guess that's really the only question with him is he is so small, mm-hmm. but certainly uh, if there's anyone in the minor leagues who could be Jose Altuve, Albie sounds
2: like he could be that guy He's probably a little bit more athletic, maybe not quite as strong. Not as strong. That's that's the thing I would say is, is that a little different. But def, you know, I, I do think the speed, and he does hit the ball with enough authority. It, if you're a short player, really it really comes down to do you, are you a guy that can drive the ball or you can't? Right. Ozzie Albies can drive the ball. He's
1: mm-hmm. not, uh, we, we just wrote, Matt just wrote about this and we studied it about, uh, you know, how much power do you have to be to, to have a regular, to be a regular in the big leagues. The power just keeps going up and the profiles change. Albie, Ozzie Albies, especially if you play second base, a little bit more demands on his power, Matt. Yeah. But it sounds like he's got at least fringe average power that you talked about. That requisite 45 power on the 2080 scale. Yeah. uh, Second baseman hit 15 home runs on average last year, which, which didn't happen 20 years
0: ago. No, even though there were a ton of home runs hit. Uh, I think Albies can get up to about 10, 12. I I, I think 45 is fair.
2: And and I Future. also, I think with that the other thing is is that when you talk about how power is required, the exception to that is up the middle players with plus defense mm-hmm. or plus plus defense. Yeah, that's a, if you have a 70 tool or two. And especially and especially if you've got plus defense and Speed to speed. go with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the guys who. It's like do the not, D Gordon model, right? That's the guys who don't check the box, and you go, no, they're okay mm-hmm. because they provide it to you different ways. And even if Albie's doesn't give you, let's say he ends up being a five to eight home run guy, it's going to be a lot of triples to go with that too. Right. And that's something he's always done, and the slugging percentage is going to be higher than you would think from the the home runs you see hit. One of the we're talking about some of the upper
1: level Braves prospects. I think we could take a long time. I think it might be better that you guys could talk after I'm gone about Rome in depth, JJ, because I know you could probably talk about that team for a long time. They have some upper-level pitchers, though. The Braves, where if the system really would be like a lock number one, if Sean Newcomb and Lucas Sims, those are two guys who both first-round picks. One of the Braves and Newcomb was in the Angelton Simmons deal, first-rounder from the Angels. You guys have faith in either one of those guys being a long-term starter. Their walk rates are so high, it feels like it's really hard to, for the Braves to bank on either one of those guys as a starter. Matt, do you like either of those guys as a future starter? I mean, maybe Newcomb is left-handed. Might get yeah. a slight edge.
0: <laughs> if it's going to be one of them, it's probably going to be Newcomb. You know, the, the control is a present 30, 35. It, it's, it's, a, it's an issue, but he does get swings and misses with two pitches. His changeup has improved. You know, can you cite an example of a pitcher who has improved his control enough? And how good does a power left-hander's control need to be at the major league level?
1: Right, the, I would imagine that the scale is a little lower for a left-hander, like it is for velocity. It is probably for command. You can get away with it a little bit more. It feels like as a left-handed pitcher, but he's not getting away with it. That's the thing. He's not. And, and I think that's the thing is, we want to see some improvement in the numbers. The more you, the closer you are to the big leagues, the more the numbers matter. And mm-hmm. he's still walking four per nine, JJ. I'm not comparing
2: him mm-hmm. to these guys, but two guys jump to him, to mine. At least I'll give one of them will be a lefty. But like Liriano. Who yeah. Liriano's a guy who. Erratic, but erratic, has been effective. But he, he, he's at least on that edge. Like the bad season for Liriano, I feel like the walk rate goes up. The better seasons, the walk rate goes down. Now, even his better Real-
1: seasons are like 3.5, 3.6 walks per nine. Like okay. It's not like he's ever a command guy.
2: And Now, this is a right-hander, but I, it's a default one I always go back to is, is Edison Volquez. Who yep. Edison Volquez, Now these again, we're not talking about guys who end up being really ones or twos or anything like that, but Edison Volquez is a guy who, again, he's managed to put together a long big league career by being durable and by enough hit prevention that his walk rate normally doesn't kill him. There are years that you have Edison Volquez and you say, he's not pitchable.
0: Right. I <laughs> um, like Sims as an eighth inning guy. He gets he's swings been... and misses with his fastball. He gets a lot. He, he, has, has, these guys ra- he has a good a ball.
1: Yeah, but you know these guys get squared up very much. Right. I mean, Sean Newcomb's career mm-hmm. opponent's batting average is .216. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's over several, and he's been durable. He's got the John Lester body and the John Lester durability, whether the John Lester command right. or, or the cutter, which is kind of an important part of being John Lester. Right. You know? That makes him not John Lester. But <laughs> right. Which, but that's, that's a lo- that would be lofty. But, you know, uh, uh, Lucas Sims, it's, again, 229 career average. And the higher he goes, the more bats he seems to miss. Yeah. But, God, he just – it's, st- it's kind of startling to see him still getting starts in the upper minors. <laughs> It's kind of obvious that this guy's not a starting pitcher to me anyway. I mean, you think he has any chance to start, J.J.?
2: No, I think because I think this will be the year I would not be surprised at some point to see. it, like, no, okay, we're going to the, to the pen full time. The other part about that is, is now for, in both their cases, and I think with Newcomb, you, you keep trying longer. There's yes. A, there's a lot more reason to try longer with him. But what's going to happen is, is that we are still for the Braves right now in the time where you have time to keep trying with these guys as far as starters, there's going to be a limit on that. Right. Because they still, they're a rebuilding team still, although they're a team that now has brought in some veterans. That means there are going to be less big league innings, at least in the first half of the season, that are available there than we thought there were.
1: I mean, how'd you like those moves, guys? The R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon, getting the Mets rotation back together (laughs) uh, from 20... Well, wait, were they ever teammates, or did Colon replace Dickey? Yeah, I don't think they were ever teammates. But there are a lot of Mets fans who are gonna watch Braves games enviously for those forty-year-old uh, pitchers. I'm sure. Uh, how do you like those moves, JJ? Buying time. How do you like those moves, Matt? Uh, what do you guys think of those?
2: Go ahead. You started off because you're
0: the I, Mets guy. I approve. approve. <laughs> One-year contracts for quality pitchers who you know at least can give you innings.
1: And Cologne feels like, especially, um, I just it should be instructive to have him around. He certainly didn't hurt the development of the Mets young fireballers to see someone. Who manipulated the fastball and commanded the strike zone, and really showed you once every five days, here's how you pitch off the fastball, and it's n- right. th- it doesn't have to be velocity, but if you can pitch off my if you can pitch off the fastball with your fastball, Noah Syndergaard, gee, wouldn't that be swell, <laughs> you know? And is Cologne chasing the win the win record for Dominican starters? That I thought he already I thought he was close to having did, did it. You, is it Mar- I mean is Pedro Mar- I thought it was Pedro. I thought Pedro Martinez had passed while Marashall, but Okay. B- that, that's Cone, one of the big reasons why he wanted to time with the Braves. Which he is, is putting which is a, fun. He's putting an odd uh Harold Baines-ish Hall of Fame career uh uh <laughs> resume together, you know? I mean, like he's <clears> been decent for a long time and he has a Cy Young Award. I'm not I'm not voting him in or anything like that, but I'm just saying he keeps hanging around, he's compiling uh maybe he's the Dominican Don
2: Sutton. The, the other, the other I'll, I'll, throw to say. I'll throw another guy in here when we're talking about this guy's starters for them who may go to the pen. What about Chris Ellis? Chris Ellis. Uh, pen to me. Yeah, I thought he was Long a term. Cardinal
1: now already, too. Wasn't he traded to the Cardinals in the Jaime Garcia I so. trade? I mean, you're right. was, you're right. Yeah, so he didn't even make this He's cut. not the Braves' yeah. problem anymore. He's no. in the handbook. He's in the prospect yeah. handbook with the St. Louis Cardinals. I've liked We, we, we did. We, Tony Schneider asked that question as well. Um, we did have another question in here from Dan Ryan. When or where does Kevin Maitan debut might be a good transition to the, it's the opposite end of the spectrum from these the baby, upper baby level baby guys. But Kevin Maiton, guys, he's hard to handle. Next week we'll meet and decide our top 100 prospects. And we'll have that show on Baseball America and on MLB Network as well. I think we'll have to do the 51 to 100 show. That's fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but determining the top 100 sometimes can be difficult. Maiton's going to be one of the harder guys because. Very rarely do we rank guys who sign as 16-year-olds in the top 100 from day one. But we did do it with Miguel Sano in 2009. And
2: that's uh, worked out okay.
1: It did. It did work out well. It took him a little while to get to the big... But actually, he got there five years, 21 years old, reportedly. <laughs> However old he was, he got there faster than the average 16-year-old uh, player does when they he sign 16. And too. Right. And that's right, with Tommy John surgery. My time sounds like... Honestly, a better all-around player, better all-around prospect. Is he going to be in your top 100, JJ? And if so, how high?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not, I mean, I would say 75 to 100 right now, just from the standpoint of there are examples of guys like this who, you know, you want to see a guy actually play a pro game, which he has yet to do. Mm -hmm. That being said, if you look nowadays, when we talk about the July 2 class nowadays, Mm -hmm. And how much do we know about those guys? I would really argue that we know as much about those guys now as we did about the first round draft picks ten years ago. well we were we were all here at baseball America. and I mean we know so much more about those guys. and if you look at not just what we know but more importantly what teams know, right the success rate, there's a lot of guys who end up flaming out. but you know you don't look at it just based on how much money they got. you ask you look at it based on, Reputation at the time, what scouts thought of those guys at the time, and a couple of years ago, the best pitchers in that class were thought to be Franklin Perez and Anderson Espinosa. and those. A couple check, of years, yeah. Check those, and check. Those work out pretty well. How about the Cubs? They spent all that money on Eloy yeah. Jimenez and Glaber
1: Torres. Ben Badler has them ranked one, two, on our or, uh, our international rankings at the time. Those are both top prospects in their organizations now. Matt, I mean. That's an interesting point I hadn't thought about. It. I mean, I, I again, I remember talking to the Alex Anthopoulos. You have a general manager watching Vlad Guerrero Jr. when he's 14 years old. So the Blue Jays had two years of history with top-level scouts when they signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
2: That didn't so, happen 15 years ago. So there's
1: a, there is a higher confidence level, for sure, in these international players. And my time does, I mean, like you read the scouting report, he almost sounds too good to be true, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is you're the cold yeah, guy. I, in this. I think I learned my lesson
0: when I ran Alex Jackson up my list one year. Hmm. No matter how good a guy looks at 18, who hasn't
1: actually played professional baseball,
0: there's, there's a lot of downside
1: risk. But I, the, the juxtaposition I have in my mind right now, just within this division, is Braxton Garrett and Kevin Maiton. Mm-hmm. Braxton Garrett's already 19. He's an Alabama prep left-hander, seventh overall pick in the draft. Got a bonus very similar to what Maiton got, north of $4 million. He hasn't played yet. He's played Instructs. That's it. Left handed pitcher, but who already signed late, but then why didn't he pitch? His high school season ended at the end of April, 65 innings, barely pitched at Instructs. I got some questions on Braxton Garrett. Like, what's going on there? I don't mean to sound like Vince Lombardi. What the hell's going on out there? <laughs> but Kevin Maiton's younger. He plays the middle of the diamond, he's a position player. I'm probably going to rank my time higher than Braxton Garrett in my top 100. That'll end up being very aggressive. Probably too aggressive. But those are good reasons, I think, for being aggressive.
2: The second part of that is they ask, where is when and where are we going to see him?
1: Is he ready for full season ball, you think, JJ? No. Or, okay. He's not that precocious. I, I can't think of a guy who did that. No, Miguel Sano at that age Elizabeth. with the Elizabeth and. We saw
2: him. He went to the GCL first, didn't he? The yeah, GCL then ETEL. We saw him in second year. I guess it was a second yeah, year, but it was like, a glorious defense. Third year by the Rule 5 but, county. But, yeah. <laughs> what else <laughs> counts? What else matters? No, to, to me, the question always with these guys is, is are do they come to the States in year one? Yeah. Or do they go to the DSL? I think Maitan is is pretty clearly a comes to the States in year one. These guys always go to the States. They very rarely go to the DSL.
0: Jose Peraza, Jose Elvis, they'll start at the GCL.
1: I just go back to Mark Newman with the Yankees telling me go back through our guys. The guys that we trade, the Latin American players they traded, Joaquin Arias was one of them, started in the DSL. The guys we keep, Robinson Cano, started in the GCL. Hmm. And that was 15 years ago. That's a rule of thumb. It is. It's a very easy, quick one. Kevin Maitan is going to start in the U.S. more than likely. Um, the, the Braves have been... I, have,
2: I have dreams of him and Danville at some point it, in 2017 hey, We
1: could dream Did Fernando Martinez start
0: in full season ball? <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he and Diolos Guerra did I was yeah. looking
2: at an old
1: issue where Diolos Guerra at 17 Was lighting up the South Atlantic League in our yeah. mid-season update so. Now he's a big leaguer Diolos Guerra, he finally got there yeah, He's, he's also got, he's he's a reliever for five. And he's been rolled five twice And he's out of <laughs> options And he's, he's lived a life <laughs> These are some names from the past Glass from the past that would make you circumspect about international guys, but I do think even since those days, I think we know a lot more about Kevin Maiton than we used to. Uh, I will, I'll, I'll sign we off on this. Part. We definitely
2: know more about Maiton than we used to because 10 years ago he was five. Yeah, yeah. It was Our is good; it's not that good. <laughs> but <laughs> the
1: Braves have been so aggressive internationally, guys. Not just Maiton, but they, JJ, they love obviously Ozzy Albie's, Rana Kuna. They love Kristen Pache. Uh, They're international. Uh, they haven't just been trying to lock up these tools in the domestic. They've been extremely inter- uh, aggressive internationally and Akuna and Pache both sound I again mean, John Hart could not contain his
2: glee over the tools of those two players. The other thing I find fascinating is is I feel like that there's been a, a either it's intentional or unintentional, but what they've done is is domestic pitchers, yeah, international position players. When we talk about the international players for the Braves in recent years, now, again, this is not like a hard and fast rule. Julio we'll Tehran says hi and all that. But you look at this farm system, and the most interesting position players largely are their international players or the guys they traded for. Right. Like Anthony you know, Swanson. But it's, it's Albies. It's Acuna. It's Maiton. It, it's, it's those guys. Mm-hmm. When you then go to the – like when you look at – they do have an Austin Riley. They do have a Dustin Peterson. Again, a trade acquisition. Yeah, Lucas Herbert, who had a bad I like Dustin, day. I like Dustin Peterson. But yeah. but predominantly what they've looked at domestically, it's been bring us your arms. We're going to take, like this year. And
1: Austin Riley, who could have been an arm they brought in, but he's one of their top power yeah. bats. And that's, that's usually the, that's, that's the, short, the short version. Up the middle, center field, Pache, Acuna, Albies. Internationally, teams look more for that internationally. You want power and corner bats. That's where you hit it in the draft. You guys should keep talking. i got to run. My kids uh, don't care that we're on Facebook Live at BaseballAmerica.com, but uh, thanks for having me as part of this podcast, guys. I so appreciate we'll, it.
2: We'll keep on Facebook Live for a few more minutes at least. But, uh, but the other thing that jumps out with that to me, Matt, is when you look at this Braves list, mm-hmm. when we were lining it up, the toughest part to me is, is that this was a very difficult team to rank Yes. because one and two were clear. And I don't think there's really a case for anyone. I, for me, there's not a case for anyone else, one or two right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but you can, you can go all upside if you want, but <coughs> the reality of it is, is that when you have upside, because both of those guys have upside, and it's guys who have the combination of upside plus they have upper-level success. I'm not, I'm not replacing, I'm not going to take a guy who has yet to pay above low-A. Sorry to be... Above low a. We in most cases. We really, I
0: don't want to say we butted heads, but we didn't all agree about the pitcher the pitcher rank order. The pitcher rank was, order was, is, was a
2: real challenge. It's, it was almost <laughs> impossible. I mean, it really was because on the pitching side, what you looked at with this is that you had, okay, well, how do you want to rank a Newcomb who is closer to the majors but hasn't made really the strides with his command and control that we want to see versus the Rome rotation, which was insane, mm-hmm. but is all guys who... With the exception of Patrick Weigel's a little bit older, everyone else essentially has now peaked out at low A so far. And then you throw in, the Braves went, spent a lot of money in the draft, and you have the Ian Andersons and the Joy Wences, and you've got all those guys too. Lining that up was just brutal.
0: Yeah, and we settled on Colby Adler, the first-round pick from 15, and Soraka, another Mike Soraka, another first-round pick. Then and Ian Anderson, this year's first-round pick. You know, so we're obviously going upside here and
2: But I would even argue that I would say that Allard and Soraka are actually safer in some ways because they've shown more present yeah. control and command they sure have. than Sean Newcomb has.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I just jotted down a list of all the Braves pitching prospects who have, you know, by the by the grades, forty control or worse. Max Breed. Okay. Sean Newcomb, Okay. Lucas Sims. Patrick Weigel and Tuki T- Tuki Toussaint. These are all top twelve. Top 15 guys in the system? Mm-hmm. So they have serious questions answered. answer. And
2: by, well. explain how you did that. Like, basically what you did is is you've taken it's, everyone's stats from 2016 right. and essentially done it by this is the... Uh, it
0: means they're at least one standard deviation below the league average, essentially. Right. right. In some, so case, it's not in some a true, cases,
2: too. So it's not a true... When we say that, we're not talking about a true 40 control grade. It's not, it's not a scout's projected right. future grade. It's a mathematical grade. Right. It's a mathematical grade. <laughs> but that's something... <laughs> That doesn't surprise me, because this is an organization right now, they're looking at it as they're going to throw volume at it, and some of these guys, this is an organization that wants to find the next number ones and twos. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to find, they hope along the way, some of these guys will turn into fours and fives as well, but they're looking to hit the home run.
0: Yeah, and it's not to crush the pitching development in total, because Allard, Soraka, and uh, Anderson do have good control.
2: Um, we've got several questions people asking because he was picked up today. He's in the news. The Braves claimed Adam Brett Walker. Mm-hmm. Who you if you said right now the X claimed Adam Brett Walker who was placed on waivers by the X, you can play that game a lot this offseason. Him play game with him, you can play the game with David Rollins. There's at least one or two. Richie others. Schaefer. Richie Schaefer. Sha- Which the Indians. Braves.
0: The Braves probably had their shot the either guy and they chose Walker. Interesting.
2: I don't actually that that surprise me. You know why? Who has the Adam Brett Walker has a 70 tool. Mm-hmm. It's his one 70. Tool. 80. It might be 80 raw, easy 80 raw power. We're talking about power. 80 raw power. Is he ever going to make enough contact to get to it? Ah, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. But that's Richie Schaefer has a good power tool. It's yeah. Not as good as Adam Brett Walker's. No. Adam Brett Walker has hit home runs everywhere he's ever gone. He does that very well. It is. It's really about is he going to be able to make enough contact. And at this point, you have to say there's a very, very healthy skepticism, and that's why he keeps bouncing around DFA level. There's,
0: there's a lot of guys like him in AAA for, mm-hmm. for a reason.
2: Mm-hmm. And every now and then one of them turns into, you know, it, you have to be patient with power, but at the same time, there are a lot of guys like him in AAA. We'll see if he's the rare one who gets out of that. But, uh, but that's, you know, one question we had. He's uh, also a Georgia kid, correct? So I Florida. Think- he played at Jacksonville University. I'm trying to remember. I've talked to him before about okay. this. but Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. It's Jacksonville University. I think he's a
0: Florida kid. Mistaking
2: him with Victor Roach or something. Victor Roach, George Southern. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, but Chris Stevens just has a comment, really, about Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna's a Jet. Watched him play in the ABL for the Aces, and he's a class classic. But Ronald Acuna is the guy, another guy on this list that was very tough to rank. Because if Ronald Acuna had had a full season at low A... I think he could have been very high on this list. Yeah. As it is, we we still were very aggressive with him, put him at six, but that's six based on 40 games of full season ball so far. But if you are saying what position player in the Braves organization has the most well-rounded, could be the is the closest thing to a true five-tool guy, Akuna's the guy to me. He could be a plus defender in center. He's got an arm. He can run there's a chance he hits for average and power. He's a lot further away, a lot less certainty on that than, say, Swanson or Albies. But he has more, I'd say he has more power potential than either of those, although he's not a particularly big guy. Um, But he is another a very difficult, uh, by the way, thank you, Tony, birthplace of Milwaukee, Wisconsin for Adam Brett Walker. (laughs) But he did go to Jacksonville University, I'm pretty sure on that if I remember correctly. Another thing is that we kind of look at this, I mean, we didn't even talk about Darian Cruz another one of those guys who's really interesting, long way away, the international side for this. But when you look at the Braves, how deep does this really go? I mean, I kind of feel like... Like top 100 caliber guys? No, I was going to go... I was going to say, like, this is an organization that 30 really... It does start to tail off, mm-hmm. but there are guys who don't make this 30 who I find interesting Really interesting, and there are, you know, like, there's relievers who are interesting who, I'm sorry, there's not cracking the 30 in the, in the prospect handbook because this system's too deep. There aren't many systems that do that to me. Like, there are systems, there are guys who did not make this 30 who I think would be in consideration for top 15 or so on the worst of our firm systems. Do, I, they, doing, do you
0: want to spoil that for us and tell us who they might be?
2: Um, did A.J. mentors in here. Minters in here. Um, I like some of the, uh, again, these are relievers who are a little ways away, so I, I don't think that you, uh, necessarily put them on here, but Corbin Klaus, for instance, is the lefty reliever, Jacob Lindgren, who they just acquired the Yankees, right. these are guys, if you're right up the Marlins list or the Angels list, and Jacob Lindgren drops in your lap. Ooh, Armando Rivero, um, the Cuban. I mean, these are guys who you would easily, but this is what also, this is, that's a John, those are John Coppola's specials, though. Yeah. Capolella has always acquired power arm relievers and he knows that he can he, they've always been good at turning those into currency at some point. I and mean, the one that stands out to me, I you look at the trade that they made last year, I think you know which way I'm with the Rangers? Go. No, I was gonna go with the Marlins. Okay. You know. <laughs> which trade? Uh, <laughs> you look at the trade they did last year um with the uh, uh with the Marlins with Anthony Seymour. Right. And uh, that was for, help me, Atlantic League. Hunter Cervenka. Hunter Cervenka. Yes. Hunter Cervenka, the Braves just picked up Hunter Cervenka from the Atlantic League. Yep. That's, here's a I little, I do mean a what's, little what's bit of What's the money. transaction fee for that? Uh, during season, I think that's like 2000 $1,000, something. Yeah, something. Yeah. It is very modest amount by Major League Baseball standards. And then the year later, they turn him into... It's 10,000 Rule 5 picks. That's a good see. <laughs> and then a year later, they turn that into Anthony Seymour, who was one of the better prospects in the Marlins system. Now, that doesn't make him a great prospect. He's not close to a top 100 guy or anything like that. But it does mean, he, I mean, he's a guy who has a, again, has, this is what the Braves love. Does Anthony Seymour have a tool that stands out? Yes. It's a 70 run at least. Maybe it's an 80. Mm-hmm. Can he hit? We don't know yet. Does he have a defense position? Working on that. <laughs> It's an 80 run. And they got that for essentially, that's turning a reliever into currency. And that's what they do. I think that's what smart teams do every year. And yeah, and they
0: got Travis Demerit
2: under similar
0: circumstances mm-hmm. trading Dario Alvarez, waiver claim, and Lucas Harrell, who I think was another just released player.
2: And, and Travis Demerit is a top 30 prospect for them mm-hmm. in a very good system. So Power speed guy. Power speed guy who has a chance, again, the thing with the Braves is, is, the Braves when the Braves trade for someone, does they do they ever trade for anyone that doesn't have at least 170 on the card? Hmm. If you're talking about, we're talking about 20 to 80 scouting scale. It's interesting. Almost everyone they trade for Alex Jackson, another uh, former top prospect who has, let's just put it bluntly, he's failed so far in his professional career. It's mm-hmm. um, not long into his professional career, but he's really he had a better He's had little glimpses of the power, but if you talk about Alex Jackson, at least raw power-wise, yeah, that's at least 60, probably 70 raw. He has at least one separating ability. He has a separating tool. <clears throat> that is every trade that the Braves make almost usually inquires involves when they tried when they traded or I shouldn't say traded when they cut a check basically to the Diamondbacks to take Tuki Toussaint. Thank you, you know Diamondbacks again. But when they cut a check to get Tuki Toussaint, Tuki Toussaint is a high-risk prospect who has a long way to go, control, command, all that. That being said, good day, you can see a 70 fastball. Good day, you can see a 70 breaking ball. Right. That's what the Braves like to do. I think you cracked the code. I mean, that's... But the thing before we wrap this up that does stand out to me, though, about this is, is that would you put this farm system right now as good, really good, or one of the greats?
0: I think I'm at the really good
2: uh, teetering on greats. Where are you? I I don't – yeah, this isn't to me – this is not one of the all-time great systems yet. It's not. Next year it may be Mm -hmm. because most of these guys will still be prospect eligible next year. But when I think of, like, of recent years, when I think of the great farm systems, that Cubs farm system a couple of years ago that we talked about that just won a World Series, basically those guys – But it was Chris Bryant, it was Javier Baez and no longer eligible. It was Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, um, at the time C.J. Edwards, now Carl Woods Jr. Albert Almora. Albert Almora, Jorge Jorge Soler. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. um, And uh, uh, Wilson Contreras. Yeah. So you had those guys. You had on that, to me with that, that was a lot of guys who were on the cusp of the big leagues. And they're position players, which is a little less risky. Mm-hmm. You go back to the Royals' farm system that you know, we talked about a lot at the start of this decade. I think it was 2011 was the one where they had nine guys in the top 100. Mustakis, Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, um, you know, then guys like Mike Montgomery. The pitchers did not work out as yeah, well. John, John Lamb. John Lamb. Uh, you know, Salvador Perez was in the system at the time although they didn't make the 100. Again, those were guys who would put up big numbers, in most cases, at double A, at high A, double A, or triple A.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: this Brave system right now, if it wasn't for Dansby Swanson and Ozzy Albies, you got the two guys who have had significant, who are elite prospects, who've had su- significant upper-level success. After that, there's a whole lot of guys who have all kind of potential, and a lot of them who've had really good, that was a great Rome team in the second half of the season that won the Sally league titles, our minor league team of the year. But it's few and far between finding the guys who've had Who've had outstanding seasons in Double A or above? Fair, yeah, fair. Now, what do you think? What kind of risk does that mean when you talk about a system like this that has all these guys who has seven, eight, nine, 10 pitchers who match up with pitchers in really almost any organization, but yeah. no, but those guys haven't had success in High A or above. Yeah, it's more. what's, the, what's the, What do you think the chances of how many of those guys make it through?
0: You know, it's it's more than refining the physical abilities and tools. It's having the the mental and physical ability to get through a full season. Five months in the minors, six months in the majors. I think we underestimate how difficult that really is. And these guys, for the most part, have not shown that
2: yet. And this probably might be a way to end it. I'll I'll tell a little story to end it. So before I came to Baseball America, I was fortunate enough to cover – uh, the Macon Braves, the low-class A club of the Braves, for really parts of five years, and one of the years that stands out about that was 1997. In 1997, the Braves had the Macon Braves that year had one of the best rotations I've seen in the minors, still one of the best rotations I've seen in the minors. It was it was uh, Jason Marquis, Bruce Chen, Jimmy Ousting, who probably most people don't remember, Rob Bell, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Luis Ru- Jason Shea, Luis Rivera. And in the pen, they had Odalis Perez and David Cortez. Now, if you say, of those guys, and that was... Bruce Chen was the salary-league pitcher of the year that year um, and was a top prospect. He was a top-hundred prospect. prospect. Braves' number-one prospect. Braves' number-one prospect. Jason Marquis was a top-hundred prospect. Rob Bell was a top-hundred prospect. I think Jimmy Osteen cracked it once, um, or maybe Jason Shield, one of those two. Luis Rivera was a top-hundred prospect. Um, Odalis Perez is a top-hundred prospect. So these were not... We're not citing guys who are like, okay, these are okay. No, these were all guys who at some point in their careers were top 100 pitching prospects. And you look back on that group, none of them turned into an ace. Jason Marquis had probably the best career. Bruce Mm -hmm. Chen was right there with them. But both of those guys were more 3-slash-4s to 5s for most of their career. Not front-end guys. Luis Rivera had the most upside of those guys, and the reality is is he blew his shoulder out and didn't really ever pitch in the majors. Um, Odalis Perez had a a few a nice, nice years. A few nice years, but it didn't last very long. Rob Bell was a guy who was traded as a significant prospect, had some time in the majors, but really was more of a A guy. Mm-hmm. Same with Jimmy Osteen, same with Jason Scheele. The point being, that was a really good farm system. Now, again, I'm not saying that these guys are going to, none of these guys are going to turn into an ace, but it is just that reminder that having eight, nine of these guys doesn't even by itself guarantee that you're going to have an ace come out of this, because... Pitching is really, really hard. Now, they may have one, they may have two. They also, they can use these guys as currency. And I I expect they'll do that. Mm -hmm. But it is a reminder of just that this is difficult as far as, especially when you're talking about pitchers who, like in the case of Ian Anderson and Joey Wentz and uh, Kyle Muller, have yet to pitch in full season ball. Mm -hmm. You you know that some of those are going to be left along the road probably. It's just the reality of how it is with prospects. But it is a it is one of the best systems in in, in baseball right now. We'll have our org talent rankings coming out before long, and we'll be able to tell you where exactly it ranks on our org talent rankings. But we do appreciate the uh, the questions. Um, one last question to wrap it up. Josh McCaslin asked, thoughts about Jackson's move back to catcher. I do like that we're uh, analyzing photos now like uh, like they're like we're watching the Kremlin in nineteen. 19- 62, Um, there was a note that Alex Jackson at one tweeted out a photo of him working out, and there was a catcher's mitt in the uh, photo, so (laughs) I think that's a great idea. Yes. Oh, yeah. Alex Jackson catcher doesn't have to hit as much as Alex Jackson right fielder, and this is a guy, this is not a guy who's not done this before. He caught. A lot of people thought coming out of high school that he was a catching prospect. The Mariners decided to move him to the outfield because it was going to speed his ascent. Right. It, it was
0: essentially the Will Myers model.
2: The ascent has not been <laughs> sped by this. He's still in low. I'm height. trying to think
0: of guys who went back to catching as pros, and I mean Carson Kelly was a pure conversion from third pure base conversion. to catcher, but I mean, it's kind of a somewhat similar trajectory. Yeah, I mean. And Jackson should be more acquainted with catcher.
2: The thing about it is, is that the crazy part of that is, is there are guys who pick it up. Carlos Santana. It was about a two-and-a-half-year development plan. When he went to catcher, he was in the big leagues about two-and-a-half years later, if I remember right, which is a pretty Something amazing like development. Carson Kelly, taking a little longer. But Wilson Contreras, long. similarly, rapid. Yeah, you know, although Contreras, Contreras is actually an example. I think it was like catch, not catch, back to no, he was, catch- he was an infielder. I know he was at one point. Man, I, thought, I thought it like early in his career, I thought he caught some. Not, not as a pro. Okay. I don't know about as an amateur. But. But so that's, that's another interesting one. You know, so it will be interesting to see. But we we really do appreciate everyone who came out for this Facebook Live combo slash podcast. Uh, for Matt Eddy, for John Manuel, who had to uh, bail out of here, I'm J.J. Cooper. Thanks, everyone, for the questions. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And if you're listening on the podcast, thanks, everyone, for the download. So long, everybody. This concludes
0: our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan.
2: Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.